there is a bit where <laughs> Cypher says like, oh, wow, your jaw is so distinctive. I didn't think the Toretto bloodline had Nordic in it. And at that point, I was like, hey, hey, is Cypher a neo-Nazi? <laughs> what the fuck? Because <laughs> it's such a wild thing to say. <laughs> Actually, I do think Cypher maybe got onto leftist Twitter, maybe had a little reckoning because she did get rid of her dreads. Yes, she does. Thankfully, no one. She got canceled and really did some, <laughs> some, some reflection. Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm definitely real silver and therefore not magnetic. And this week, we hit the final frontier of the Fast franchise with F9. Before we work through a lot of dad issues, remember you can help us on Mortified, the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify. Signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla. Aaron. We've done it. We did it! Our year-long project to finish the Fast and Furious franchise has come to a conclusion. All ten movies! Uh, Honestly, pretty good. For a franchise that's been going for ten movies, they have a pretty good hit rate pretty good fucking it there are only a couple where we were like this was fine yeah listen i think they all suffer from the second act drag um i think they probably all could be cut back by about half an hour but listen you just need time to introduce all your cameos (laughs) yeah yeah you truly you truly do um i i thought this one dragged the least out of all of them Of, of the yeah definitely less than eight definitely less than six um it was pretty good paced, pretty well paced. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I mean, do you want to get into it? It's it's a doozy. It is. <clears throat> it's got, there's a lot of plot here. Um, so once upon a time, in 1989, uh, Jack Toretto, father of Dom Toretto, is racing uh, around a track, um, and his friend, his sons, Dom and Jacob, are there helping him we knew his pit crew, but he is unfortunately killed um, in a big fiery explosion. Uh, and the guy who caused it essentially, um, you know, Dom murders with uh, a wrench. And that's how he gets, uh, you know, that's how he gets put in prison. Um, but anyway, cut to 2019, which is two years after Fast 8, after Cypher disappears. Um, and we, we see Dom and Letty in like a little um, farmhouse raising Brian aka little brian um their kid um well i mean their kid but also it's the son of dom and elena i believe mm-hmm. is her name mm-hmm. um who was mm-hmm. killed by cypher in fast eight um anyway um tej roman and ramsey all show up and they're like hey cypher got abducted from mr nobody's hijacked and crashed airplane uh mr nobody being the shadow organization guy uh, from Fast 7. I think that's his first appearance. Um, I don't know why he had Cypher in an airplane. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just put her in a regular prison cell. Uh, but whatever. Um, so at first Dom doesn't want to help. 
Um, but Letty does. But then when Dom is reviewing the footage, he sees uh, in the grainy, grainy camera footage that Mr. Nobody sent them across just like his. And he's like, oh, this means something. Um, basically, they go to the crashed plane uh, and they find out that inside the crash plane is half of a green orb, which is the key to codename Project Ares. And um, uh, the presence of orbs now in this franchise does officially make it a science fiction. Yeah, no, we, I mean, listen, <laughs> we, we were already well into science fiction with the physics bending in the uh, last couple films, but now it is just straight up like, here's the MacGuffin. It is magic. Um, it's uh, science magic. Orbs uh, are the hallmark of a good science fiction. If your science fiction does not have an orb, you're doing it wrong. Well, as we've also alluded to in the intro, there is another important uh, facet of science fiction that happens in this film, which we'll get to. Um, basically, they are trying to escape, get this orb out, but they're ambushed not only by the Guatemalan military, <laughs> but also by... You can't see him. It's John Cena playing Jacob as Tom Toretto's long-lost brother. He steals the first half of the orb for them. Um, they have to retreat to a hideout where Mia Toretto uh, shows up, and she's like, I've got to help my brother that I've, for some reason, also never mentioned before. Um, that we, have to, we have to save him, Dom. Um, so she and Letty go to Tokyo because they are trying to track down Han Lue, um, the you know star, essentially, a uh, fast and furious tokyo drift now you might think aaron he wasn't the protagonist that doesn't matter he is the star of fast and furious tokyo drift uh we miss him very much uh but that's not a problem because he's back he's alive um they find him and a young woman that he is essentially adopted in tokyo she was the daughter of the scientists who created project Ares, um and because the the project is biometrically coded it's her DNA that unlocks it, which is very funny. <laughs> um, anyway, she's been trained in, in martial arts by Han, uh, and they have a cool fight in his apartment. Um, anyway, that reveal of Han with the fucking sniper rifle is so one of good. the best reveals in cinema. It's so the, fucking the good. The light is, like, flashing, and, like, you can't see his face until, like... It zooms all the way in and, like, reveals from behind the barrel of the rifle you see this older-looking Han. And it's just like, oh, my God, I didn't realize how much I missed you. You look great. Uh, he looks great. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez looks fine as hell in this film again. Uh, it's it truly gifts yeah, for the eyeballs. It's, it's really good. Um Dom hangs out with uh, Queenie Shaw for a bit, which is one of my favorite sequences in the movie because she's just like doing a, a heist for no reason. She's just like, you know, there's like uh, some sort of diamond jewelry. She wanted the necklace for yeah, some she, reason. Like, she's she just like a kleptomaniac, necklace. right? She just wanted to steal something. Um, and then Dom pulls up and he's like, hey, are you stealing something? And she's like, yeah. Are you going to help me? And he's like, well, my thieving days are over. And she's like, fucking move over. Mine aren't. <laughs> but then she delivers him to Jacob because um, he had been in contact with her. Uh, and basically they have a, they have an argument. They have a conversation where Jacob, um, it, you know, Dom is like, Jacob, you killed our dad because you sabotaged the car that day um, when and you know made it so he couldn't get out of the way of the guy who ran into him. And Jacob's like. Uh, I don't give a shit about you. Um, but actually, he very much does. J Jacob's whole character arc is just, like, being in the shadow of his brother um, and, you know, never getting the rec same recognition of him. So, like, that's actually very fun, and I love that for, for John Cena. <laughs> um, he has Interval come and arrest Dom, but 
It's not Interpol. It's just Cardi B and her team of assassins. Her team of hot lady assassins. <laughs> yeah, it fucking rules. I want an entire spinoff franchise of them. I want them to show up in Hobbs and Shaw and Han. Um, it's going to be great. Um, Tej and Roman go and meet with people that we actually saw last in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift as well, um, including the protagonist of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, who now is just, like, a guy who is making rockets and just doing, so- and like, I don't know what he's doing there, but he's helping them build rocket cars. Uh, it's very funny, and I didn't realize it was him until the very, very end when he goes and, like, gives Han a huge hug. Um, I didn't realize, I- I've seen this movie twice and I didn't realize it was him until I saw your notes. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe they got him back. That rules. Um, anyway, that rocket car will come up later. Uh, after that, they all go to Edinburgh. Chekhov's ro- fucking rocket car. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, Tej, Roman, Dom, and Ramsey all go to Edinburgh, where they find the second half of the orb. Uh, they have to. They do this big chase through the streets of Edinburgh. Um, there's a really, really funny bit where Ramsey reveals she does not know how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> And they make her drive this huge truck with an electromagnet in it through the streets of Edinburgh. And, and like, there's also, like, a fight going on in the back of the truck where Tej and Roman are fighting some goons. Um, And, like, the electromagnet gets periodically turned on and off to, like, stick them to the wall in in various bits. Um, And in the end, Ramsey ends up ramping up the electromagnet very high. So Jacob is about to escape with his half of the orb. But then Ramsey's electromagnet pulls him through several shopping buildings and into their truck. Uh, And that's really good, I think. Um, And then they they capture Jacob. They put him in what appears to be some sort of missile silo. I'm not sure where they lock it. It's like at the end of Antigone where she's buried alive. That's kind of what happens to Jacob. Uh, they entomb him in this weird stone prison where he can kind of like le- look out and see that like Dom has built a family and he doesn't have a family and he's very sad about that. Um, but then also it turns out, and here's where the plot gets even more convoluted, Jacob was a rogue agent. He used to work for Mr. Nobody, but then he turned against them. So Mr. Nobody arranged for Deckard Shaw to kill Han, but they actually faked Han's death, which is why he didn't get immediately burned up um, when his car that he was climbing under did explode very much, which makes me think that, I mean, also that's what happened to um, Michelle Rodriguez, right? So I don't think, I think that everybody there's also a whole side segment where roman starts to realize that he's immortal uh, <laughs> um, which might be my favorite beat of the movie i th- i think that yeah i think we are really truly getting into science fiction science fantasy at this point um because of like people recognizing their own heroic status but yeah it seems like if you are trapped under a burning car that then explodes you're actually probably fine in this universe you might get amnesia but that's that's irrelevant we'll get to that later it's like uh, dying in dragon ball z Correct, right? You can just wish you back with the power of a glowing orb. Um, Orb, 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 orb! And it's revealed that the reason that Jacob turned against Dom is because, well, one, Dom, like, had a big race and told him to, you know, he he told Dom or Jacob that he killed their dad and he wants him to never come back. Um, But also, Jacob was told to, to do this sabotage so that way the car would slow down, they would lose the race, and then... That would help with all the debts that Dom had racked up as a... I don't know what that was. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. But basically, it's like, you know, Jacob was doing it because 
their dad told them to. And Dama's like, well, if you were a good son, you wouldn't have listened. Anyway, Jacob escapes with all the necessary components of Project Ares, including Elle, the, the girl that has the biometric code. Uh, they have a final standoff where they're um, I also haven't mentioned, because they're not that important until the end, Jacob is working with a dictator's son named Otto, um, who has been, like basically been providing um, weapons and, and support for Jacob's spy missions this whole time. Um, so Otto is convinced by Cypher, who they have in a weird plastic prison, kind of like the one that Loki is kept in in the, in the first Avengers film. Um, it makes her, like, makes me think that they think she's an alien of some sort. It's really good. I'm so glad. Or like Magneto, right, in, in one of the, the second X-Men movies. They keep her in a Magneto prison because they're afraid she'll use too much metal and turn it into spikes or whatever. Um... Anyway, she convinces Otto to cut Jacob out of their deal. You know, he sends a very large man with great teeth to go kick Jacob's ass. Um, well, but they have great dental. They have great dental. Incredible line. Um, basically, Jacob joins the, the team. They take down this armored truck. But the armored truck was uploading the data for Project Ares to a satellite. And they don't know how to defeat the satellite except... They have to use the rocket car that the guys from Tokyo Drift built. They have to put the rocket car on top of an airplane, put Roman and Tej in diving suits from like the 1920s, uh, and they shoot that rocket car into space. And then, and then Roman and Tej shoot that car into the satellite. <laughs> they destroy it by driving their car into the satellite. Uh, which saves the day. They are eventually rescued, of course, by the crew of the International Space Station. <laughs> um, Shout out to the French astronaut who did ask, why do they look like minions? Such a good, such a fucking good joke. Um, anyway, Jacob is um, reconciles with Dom. Um, I'm not sure if Cypher gets killed in the end. She does not. She okay. So the they they flip this big big truck. Vin Diesel flips this big big truck so that when they're driving around the cliff, the plane that Cypher is piloting gets smacked out of the air by this truck. There's a big explosion, and then it cuts to her having been piloting it remotely. So she's uh, okay. flying the plane. Plane Scott. I see. I did not catch that. It looked like she was. They make it seem like she is piloting it actually for the whole time, which is very weird. But whatever. Um, anyway, she's still a threat. Um, but at, you know, everybody has a a meal together. Little Brian gets to say grace, um, and then at the very end, um, the Brian like what is his last name? O'Connor. O'Connor. Yes, Brian O'Connor's car pulls up into the park into the driveway oh i teared up i got emotional when that happened it's it's kind of nice um and then there's a post-credit scene where shaw where shaw is like punching a punching bag with a man inside it and then han shows up at his door which makes me think that han is going to be a big part of Hobbs, Hobbs and shaw 2 which will be very fun uh can't wait to see han hang out with the rock oh my god i i cannot wait um, so I, so Fast and Furious X 10, uh, comes out next May, just so you know, May 23rd. Oh my God. That's so soon. Uh, I also need you to know Justin Lin is not directing it. No He's... famous. Yeah, no, again, he, Justin Lin directed this one, but like, I don't think he directed Fast 8 because of various reasons, but like, it seemed like he had some sort of fight with Vin Diesel <laughs> this time around. Oh. So yeah, unfortunately, 
Um, yeah, Justin Lin will not be in Fast 10, which, you know, Justin he's, Lin makes these movies good. I think he's a very good director. <laughs> he's producing Fast 10, but he's not. He's okay. not directing it. Uh, I'm not sure who the replacement director is, but I was I was reading that while I was Googling something. Um, but I think you and I should do what we're about to do with a different flick. And I think we should get together and go see it on the biggest screen we can find. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. We we should do that. So I, can... I'll, I'll be able to take vacation at that point. So <gasps> crazy. Maybe, come maybe see me. Maybe we'll come hang out with you. <laughs> Yeah, come um, see me. Uh, I, that's that's uh, foreshadowing for our first episode of the year. <laughs> yeah, Christ alive. Uh, let's let's run through our characters uh, once more. How do you feel about Dom? He's here. He really is here. Uh, his character doesn't change a whole lot. Um, that's kind of what his his role is. I like seeing him as a dad. I like to dad Dom a lot. Just like seeing him hang out with little Brian. I like dad Dom a lot. I also like. Um... Uh, whoever they got to hire, or whoever they hired to play young Dom, he looks nothing like young Vin Diesel, but he was no. fine as hell. No, he, I mean, listen, young, young Vin, uh, <laughs> young Vin Diesel, the, whoever that guy was, looks like he is a completely different race, firstly. <laughs> um, which, you know, I was looking that up and I was like, oh, Vin Diesel was actually raised by a black father, an adopted black father and his biological mother, which is interesting fact, uh, about Vin Diesel. I didn't know. I don't think Vin Diesel himself is biracial, but, um... No, it's kind of a nice, nice thing that happened with Vin Diesel's yeah, family. He looks, and he looks racially ambiguous a little bit, like in the same way yeah, that sure. I do, where like you look at him mm-hmm. and you go, hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I think the the conflict is a little bit convoluted, uh, but like a I also, I, I mean, like who gives a shit? Nobody care. Nobody comes to these films for plot, um, except for us, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I think he's fine. Our girl, Letty Ortiz, Michelle Rodriguez, looked so good in this fucking movie. My queen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the first shot, she comes out in, like, overalls and, like, a tank top, and I was just like, you can't. It's so early in this film. It's you cannot- so early. Yeah. That's um, my ass-shaking shot. The real mm-hmm. ass-shaking shots are for other people. Michelle mm-hmm. Rodriguez in tank tops is for me. Correct. Um... You know, like, again, there's not a whole lot of, like, character development here, right? <laughs> when, when you know, Dom's like, why are we fucking going on another stupid mission? Uh, she's like, you know, this is just, this not us to not go on a mission. It's what we do. And, like, that's kind of, you know, that's all her motivation is. Which is, you know, I think very silly because they have a kid, but whatever. Um, I think it's a little bonkers that she's playing with little Brian at the end. And out of nowhere, she's like, oh, you see this spot on the driveway? This is where I met your mom the first time. She's looking down at you from heaven. From heaven. No segue, no context. They weren't even talking about his mom. She just, like, said that. It's a little weird. Um, You know, I, I do like that they are continually trying to work in the fact that, like, Letty is well aware that little Brian is not biologically her kid, but also she wants to both introduce that fact to little Brian and also be like, you know, you had two moms, you know, we both love you. I think that's kind of an interesting way to to portray the this whole film's conception of family, right? But like, it is also just kind of a wild non sequitur. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's truly bonkers. This kid's too, like, he doesn't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, cute kid, by the way. He's adorable. He's very, they got very a cute. cute-ass little kid to play that, that little yeah. boy. Um, there is one bit between Letty and Mia where they are just, like, kind of talking about how things have been, um, which, like, 
I don't know that the conversation is especially good, but basically it's just like Mia checking in with Letty and being like, how are you, girl? It seems like things have been a little weird. <laughs> I, yeah, I like that scene a lot. I also like that. So they get ramen. They're in Tokyo when they're having this conversation. They get ramen. And I like that because you can't eat ramen on camera unless you're Naruto it's a messy process there's no <laughs> delicate way to eat ramen no um you got a slurp and then the slurp is usually you know all over your face yeah all over it's a whole pro so they're just sitting there like messing with their chopsticks in the ramen bowls like kind of picking up a little bit of noodle but then putting it down and like moving a vegetable from one <laughs> side of the <laughs> bowl to the other i loved it i was like excellent chopstick acting ladies very good very good um what do you think about the crew? I mean, ugh. Tyrese and Ludacris just get funnier is the problem. Like, that's the thing. I You'd think by, like, ten movies I'd be a little tired of their shtick, but, like, it's still pretty good. It still it's works. It's so fucking funny is the problem. <laughs> like, the, <laughs> they're always, like, trying to compete for Ramsey's attention. Who She is constantly just like, you guys are a bunch of fucking idiots. Because they are mostly concerned with just, like, beefing with each other. <laughs> and it's, like, it doesn't, you know, we talk a lot about, like, homosexual and, like, undertones. It doesn't read like that at all. It no. just reads, like, two dudes beefing with each other. <laughs> Yeah, no, this is not at all, like, erotically charged. It is really just, like, two, two guys that are hanging out and, like, talking shit constantly. Like, they're always making fun of how um, uh, Tyrese, or uh, Roman, sorry, Ty Tyrese is his real name. Uh, Roman is, is, I mean, I call them by their real names. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's easier. But Roman is, like, constantly eating. Like, even in the spaceship, there's a bunch of, like, candy wrappers floating around. Um, or, like, they, they turn on the electromagnet when he's about to, like, take a piece of cake or something, and it just, like, throws everything into the wall. And he's like, what the fuck, man? And both <laughs> Ramsey and uh, Tej are laughing at him. Um, and then, like, oh, there, there's a really good bit when they are running through the minefield, right? Where this is where um, Roman starts to develop the belief that he's immortal. <laughs> Um, because like he gets the, you know, he is driving this huge armored car, which isn't fast enough to escape the mines. So like he gets blasted up into this rock crevice between these two like rocks. And then he like falls out of the, the vehicle right in front of a landmine. Um, and then he, you know, is able to escape. No, the, he gets up, walks away. Then the car comes down, explodes, goes back up. And it looks like it crushes him for a second, but then he steps out behind it and is kind of like stumbling and muttering. <laughs> and he's just, and Tej is like, "How the hell are you not dead, man?" He's just like, mm, 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 "Not gonna talk about it." <laughs> just stumbles away. They're so funny. They're There's, great. They're so fucking funny. I I love them very very much. Uh, Ramsey not being able to drive, as you said, one of the also one of the funniest. So good. Movie. So um, good. Mia's here. I'm glad that she's back. I wish they had given her anything to do, but yeah, well, she hugged she hugged John Cena. That's true. That was a big moment. That was a big moment. She looks great. Her highlights look great. Um, happy, happy she's here. Even though you know, rip, rip Paul Walker. Uh, yeah, rip to a yeah. great. Um, I like that they include her, even though like the male love interest she's attached to is no longer in these films. Yeah, I, that's, nice. I mean, like right, that's that's family. Um, and it, it would kind of betray the entire ethos of the films to write her out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Hans back. He looks fine as hell. He's got an adopted daughter. It is like one of the best scenes uh, of, of like in the whole city 
of Tokyo, not a small city, Letty and Mia happen to find the Mexican flag hanging in an alleyway apartment while they're getting ramen. And they're like, Han always said that Tokyo was like his Mexico. And that's how they're like, this random apartment with a Mexican flag must be Han's. And then <laughs> one of the sickest fight scenes in the world, because his little adopted daughter, Elle, well, she's like 20. His adopted daughter, Elle, comes out and just whoops a bunch of ass with these women. And then <laughs> Letty throws herself out a window and Han snipes all the people surrounding her. One of my favorite action, like a smaller one, but one of my favorite hand-to-hand combat scenes. Uh, yeah, in no, I, I think it was really good. Um, you know, I, you know, I am glad they didn't give an Asian, the Asian woman a sword, but I also kind of wanted her, it doesn't have to be a katana, but I did kind of want her to have some sort of sword or a bladed weapon, but she does have this like cool baton, which she's her, beating ass with. Her, her costume really does scream Kill Bill a little bit, so. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's you know, it's fine. Um, this franchise has earned a lot of goodwill for me uh, vis-a-vis, like, racial depictions because it's so g- genuinely diverse in, in, in a good way. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's a cameo I want for um, Fast 10 and or 11 and or Hobbs and Shaw. I, give me either Michelle Yeoh or Lucy Liu. Uh, that would be... The thing is that... You can't have them. I would be so upset if they let harm come to those women, though. Like I'd be like, you can't do that to to our queens. That's true, but consider how good these movies. If you give either of those women, you know, a spear or a sword or some sort of hand to hand combat weapon, I would love to see them just like own various men. I want to see The Rock get owned by Michelle Yeoh, please. Oh, please. Um, um, the Rock is not in this one, but you know who is. John Cena. <laughs> John fucking Cena's in this one. The only man that could, the only mountain of a man that could come close to that level of bulk. Um, there really is a shot of him and Vin Diesel standing next to each other, and I was just looking at it on my screen, and I was like, "Those are just, those are some thick men. They're just like very much um, Armstrong shaking hands with the other guy from uh, Full Metal <laughs> Alchemist energy between those two, just like the muscliest dudes in the world." Um, so here's the thing that, like, I-, I feel like if you only know John Cena from wrestling, you might not know is that John Cena is actually kind of a good actor. <laughs> no, he, he fucking <laughs> brought it. <laughs> I think he's a, a certainly more energy, you know, emotional weight to his performance than Vin Diesel. No offense, Vin Diesel. Uh, but like, he was like, you know, saying some real cornball shit with a straight face and like gravity to his words. You've got to respect that. He does a lot of like lower eyelid and jaw acting that I find very compelling. Mm-hmm. A lot of like um, subtle squinting. There is a bit where <laughs> Cypher says like, oh, wow, your jaw is so distinctive. I didn't think the Toretto bloodline had Nordic in it. And at that point, I was like, hey, hey, is Cypher a neo-Nazi? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Because it's such a wild thing to say. <laughs> Actually, I do think Cypher maybe got onto leftist Twitter, maybe had a little reckoning because she did get rid of her dreads. Yes, she does. Thankfully, no one. She got canceled and really did some <laughs> some, some reflection. Yeah, she has a, a very fun, uh, like, somewhere between a pixie and a page boy, which, I mean, like, listen, I've seen Miss Throne in a lot of films never a bad hairstyle on that woman no she pulls it off she's great she she's beautiful like i just she's so high i i you know it's just a lot there's just a lot of hot people in this movie it's it's yeah. great yeah yeah 
Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I do think that um, John Cena probably gives the best performance of any anyone in this film. Like, I I believe his performance when he's talking about how like you know he he was the son that was always trying to get out of um, Dom's shadow. Like, I think that's pretty pretty believable, even though you know that the dialogue is all a little bit um, you know um, self important. But like. I, he does a good job and, and he takes it very he's not you know overdoing it at all like he he is delivering the performance and I'm, I'm I hope he comes back I feel like on a franchise like this I feel like it is impossible to do like if this wasn't the 10th movie in the franchise and if this wasn't like so such a well-established thing where like people could picture the like unhinged set pieces and like all the the you know action sequences and like people know what a fast and furious movie looks like if you put this movie clean table read this is the the first movie in in like a new ip there you cannot do a table read of the script without a storyboard of the set pieces playing in the background because the dialogue isolated is so fucking corny yeah and like parentheses complimentary listen like i get like we are big anime fans we are here for melodrama um but you do have to kind of know what you're getting into you know ahead of time i did go see fast nine in theaters with my little brother who is uh a teenager and um we came out of there and I was, I was like vibrating. I was like, that was amazing because I'm 30 and I have real problems. And so I like mm-hmm. to go into a theater and, and, you know, smooth brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my teenage little brother goes, I mean, like it was really fun, but the plot was just like too convenient. Yes. That's, that that's is the, the point. My friend, that's the point. My, young, my young friend, my uh, little man. yeah. <laughs> Listen, once once you become uh, once you hit twenty two, um, you'll understand that sometimes it's nice for things to be convenient. Sometimes it's nice when uh, Vin Diesel definitely planned to flip that truck so it hits a plane out of the air. That's definitely mm-hmm. a calculation he was able to make in the moment. They, I forgot to mention the stunt where they uh, take a cable that's hanging from a bridge, uh, Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel, and they drive the car the charger and they hook it to the cable and they do a car Zan maneuver where they just kind of swing from the, they swing the car to the other side of the bridge. Um, like it, that doesn't already kind of set the tone for the film that you're watching. Like, come on, bro. Or what about, uh, Dominic? So as Jacob is falling off of the armored truck, Dom mm-hmm. turns on the magnet off the magnet flings a car for jacob to bounce off of to bounce onto the truck that mm-hmm. mia is driving so she can mm-hmm. pull him into a car they have magneted to the ass of that truck mm-hmm. for him to get away yeah there's a line in here where like tej is talking about how like you know We've we've got to obey the laws of physics or something. It's like no, sir. We've left that behind so many films oh, ago. No. No, you no. don't know what you're talking about. Not for um, a fucking second. But yeah, you know, it, it is a fun time all around. Um, anything else about Cipher? No, I think it's time to get into our honorable mentions, Queenie. You know, listen, Helen Mirren steals the show. She's only in it for like you know three minutes, but she does a great job. You know, she's just like you know, kind of hamming it up the whole time. You know, just being very British. Um, and then at the very end, she's like, you know, hey Dom, don't die. You're my favorite American. 
And the other iconic line is uh, Tom's like, my thieving days are behind me. And she goes, mine ain't. <laughs> <laughs> so good. She's great. Um, how do you feel about Otto? I love that his war suit that he wears on that armored truck, like his bulletproof suit, has his name in like onyx uh, emblazoned on his fucking pocket flap. He's just an obnoxious little spoiled brat. I love him. I think he's fantastic. Speaking of great performances... Oh, yeah. No, he, he delivers. He's just like, you know, he, his whole thing is that his dad is a dictator. Um, so, like, he he's a huge asshole. Um, and then at the very end, when he turns on Jacob, Jacob's like, hey, you're a fucking spoiled rich prick. And he says in an incredible comeback, spoiled rich pricks rule the world. Um, which, like, hell yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. And he's so convinced of his own horseshit that, like, you believe him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm uh just incredible um we get we have our our i truly did not recognize sean until like i was reading your notes me me either like i think it was i don't know if it was like the hair is different or just like the fact that it's been you know what six fast, movies so fast and furious came out in 04 right oh this can are that was the first fast and furious i mean uh, tokyo, tokyo drift. drift yeah it's 04 that's 04 so that's um this came out in 2021, so it's been, you know, uh, doing 17 some math, years. six. 17 years. Yes, you're right, 17 years, so he does look quite a bit different. They do make fun of him, they're like, man, you'd be working at Jiffy Lube if it wasn't <laughs> for me, which is like, he does lo- extremely look like a guy you'd, you'd have your car serviced by at Jiffy Lube. He absolutely looks like one of my mechanics. Um, I loved it, I love him and his thick little southern accent that's in there i love that he's just like firing putting rockets onto cars um they look like they're having a great time what a wonderful Mm -hmm. cameo yeah no it was really good i was wondering i was like why are they paying so much attention to this this weird uh southern guy and then i was like oh it's because he was important once nice i'm I'm glad that they got him back in there because um you know he he does a great job for for what he's given absolutely um and then of course my queen and yours. Cardi B, who does, part, I think, have a song on the soundtrack, so. I, she fucking better. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just wild that the backstory for her being involved is that Queenie, he, like, Dom hooked her up with Queenie, and then Queenie, like, you know, was her mentor, and then Cardi was able to, or Lisa, I guess is her character name, was able to, like, assemble this entire team of women assassins, uh, which is really fun. And she hands, she's, like, plot important because she hands Dom Jacob's gun with his biometrics so they can track him. So good. I, incredible cameo. Now, listen, is Cardi B an actress? No. Is her line delivery always on? No. But when Cardi B, you can tell when Cardi B is saying something that she wouldn't normally say. And then when Cardi B is just being Cardi B, there's a couple <laughs> of lines that are not things she would normally say. Like the, no. the when she's handing over the gun. But when, when she's talking about like, oh, you know, like, uh, Queenie treated me like a like a princessa i was like that's mm-hmm. cardi that's just cardi talking <laughs> yes yeah like all the shit about biometrics is like i don't think that's that doesn't feel real but that's also because i know how your rap songs go ma'am <laughs> yeah uh so incredible cameo i god it's just hmm. i i love these i love this film i really do i think it's, it's fantastic it's really good um and 
you know, one of the, the things that I think is great about this franchise is it is starting to like, it knows what it is, but also it does not want to break the fiction, right? Like, so one of this, these things, as we move into our talking points about um, Roman, after the, the, the thing with the landmine, he starts explaining to Tej and, um, and Ramsey that he he believes that he's immortal and he starts listing out the reasons right um he says like okay first he shows them his jacket because at one point he was surrounded by members of the guatemalan military like just in a big circle and they were shooting at him and he's like this jacket has bullet holes in it and look at me not a scratch on me and then like think about all the adventures we've been going on you know we've we've done we've dealt with nuclear bombs we've dealt with tanks we've dealt with airplanes i'm not even going to mention the submarine um everything keeps happening it's super weird and we always come out of it alive and unharmed isn't that weird uh and then you know uh Tasha's like oh that's so true man you know thinking about all the statistics all the anomalies you know the the probability of that you know maybe maybe we are immortal or maybe you're just a dipshit <laughs> just like they will not break the 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 fiction of the film um they'll allow roman to like kind of become like you know aware of his own importance in the meta narrative but like they still want to keep it you know they're, they're not going full like commenting on the fact that you know they're getting in increasingly you know absurd situations or well they do but also they only give, they give that to the the fool character <laughs> and it's really good yeah it, it really does a good job of uh staying away from like weedonisms you know the there is a one that just one. happened uh I'll, I'll go look it for it in my notes let me go find that real quick <laughs> there was one that just happened but other than like for the most part i think these movies traffic in earnestness in a really good way um but i think it is it is they do kind of have to acknowledge that like mm-hmm. they're in an action movie you know yeah. Um, so after the Carzan sequence, uh, Michelle Rodriguez and, and Dom Toretto land, and then she says, "Well, that was new," uh, which is kind of annoying. But other than that, um, like that's the thing. Like they are they willing to acknowledge in some ways, like, "Hey, we're going into very silly stuff," but the vast majority of the time, they're just kind of rolling with it because, like, they know they're badasses and they can, you know, warp physics and you know go into space and everything. Um, like, and I really truly believe, like, between, like, the characters becoming aware of the tropes that they are and, and the situations they're in and, you know, all the increasing cameos in weird situations and, you know, we've talked about how these films are soap operas in many ways, but, like, I think they're also kind of becoming fan fiction of themselves where <laughs> oh, it's yeah. just like, oh, what, what, what if Dom Toretto had a secret brother who was me, who was, he was angsty, uh, but also was able to help out at the end. Uh, like, I, I really like that, you know, between all the cam- and he was, you know, he was working with Cardi B the whole time. It's a uh, soap <laughs> opera and a shonen, and it's got <laughs> cameos it's it's truly everything. Uh, it's I mean it's also listen we dipped into rom com territory and Hobson Shaw. These movies yes. do everything. <laughs> oh God, uh, I forgot how much of Hobson Shaw is just a rom com. It's just uh, a rom com <laughs> is the thing. Uh, um, I'm so ex- so uh, I I think if I remember correctly, um, basically ten and eleven I think are the last two movies, um, at least of the main series. So it's gonna, I read a little article where Vin Diesel was like, you know, 10 feels like the beginning of the end that's been planned for like a really long time. Um, so I just like, 
10's gonna be a lot. I cannot imagine. 11 is gonna be God's most expensive film. James Cameron, mm-hmm. step aside. James Cameron will never admit to anybody having anything done anything more important than whatever he's doing at that moment, to be fair. But that's uh, a James Cameron problem. Uh, listen, I wish every artist and creator I know a very uh, James Cameron's confidence. Mm-hmm, same, same. But yeah, I wonder if 10 is just going to be um, like the end of the Cypher trilogy. Uh, and then 11 is just going to be like the family... Um, you know the rule. You know the rule. Eleven Cypher joins the family. Oh, that's, that's takes, right. It takes oh, two yes. movies for villains to turn around in this fucking franchise. That's so true, right? No, so ten will be they defeat Cypher. Eleven, they'll they'll go up against one last thing that seems like they're going to split the family, and then they'll bring in Cypher. And then she's the uh, deus ex, yeah. Yeah, and then... Oh god, I cannot wait. That's good. That's going to be a 3-hour film. And I good. Deservedly so. <laughs> I I would watch Yes. If you're going to sit me listen, I sat through Robert Pattinson's Batman on a plane, which by the way, liked that movie a lot. It was pretty good. I would cut 20 minutes from it though. I really would. I Fast 11 I have a hard time imagining that it won't be worth every fucking second. There better be like a 20 minute slice of life segment where we just get Tej and um, Roman and uh, Ramsey all like at their weird like bread and bed and breakfast slash um, computer cafe slash um, garage. Um, just like all kind of hanging out and, and you know, <laughs> just want to like see where they ended up. I want to, I want the thing at the end of a, an RPG where you get where every one of the NPCs you've ever met, le- like ended up. I want that <laughs> just like, to be the credits. Like the end of a Diana Wine Jones novel. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, oh God, I just, you know, it's going to be incredible. I want Justin Lin to be a cameo. To, like, if we're oh, being yes, real, 100%. I want the man himself. I want him in there. Yes. Uh, um, flipping a car. So, good news, though. Mm-hmm. We are directing Fast 11. Right. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah, Justin actually reached out to us and um, you know said he liked the stuff we're doing here on Modified and really thought we could spice up the franchise. But we have kind of a problem. So We do. You know, franchises have this thing, right, where if you start getting a certain number of movies, you have to go to space. Uh, And for this one, it was 10. It was 10 movies. Um, And now they're in space. And we kind of have a problem with escalation, right? How do we get beyond space? Because, like, I feel like the only alternatives are time travel Mm -hmm. or you go – you do the Digimon thing and you go into the internet. Um, And, like – you know, what else is there? How can we escalate this? Um, so, uh, I think we can look at the scope of conflict in the Fast franchise, right? We have, uh, usually it's like man versus man conflict, right? One, Correct. One person wants something else. <laughs> Fast 9 had a lot of man versus self. You know, had a lot of Vin Diesel reflecting in a dream sequence that was either a memory or a dream. Hard to tell because he was getting, like, new information from his own memories. Mm-hmm, Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what that leaves us with? Man versus nature. Ah, uh, climate change. The what? final, <laughs> the biggest boss of them all. The final frontier. <laughs> um, either that or an asteroid. 
That's pretty good. I mean, wasn't Vin Diesel's one of his first big movies, Armageddon? Or probably. that might not be Vin Diesel. I, I think it's probably a different bald. It's I think it's Bruce Willis is who I'm thinking of. Um, different bald actor. Um, a different but, bald hunk. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I hmm. As much as I want a fucking Fast and Furious franchise that takes place in like the the downfall of the Carthaginian Empire, I think that would be great. But um, hmm, we already did the thing where they fight evil versions of themselves. Hmm. There's already online. I wonder if we could change the medium. Maybe they're not racing. Maybe they're not doing cars anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's all... We've already done space. Is it just boats? Is it a boat-themed fa- Fast and Furious Ooh, one? We do not hmm. have enough boat sequences. More more boats and planes, perhaps. Oh or my trains. Gosh. Wait, 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 wait. What? Wait, what? Wait. what? What's going on? Okay, boats. You're on the right track. Okay. Global warming, also on the right track. Ah. They have to take the boats through some of the new passageways opened up by the fucking ice caps, and a lot mm-hmm. of the other set pieces are them racing cars over the fucking ice caps. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Um, Fast and Furious 11, Vin Diesel versus Santa Claus. But with our $100 billion budget, who are the cameos that we're going to get in here? Who's going to be the villain melting the ice caps? Who's going to be the their person driving the snowmobile? Okay, I've already pitched Lucy Liu, Michelle Yeoh. Those are yes, like... Yes, excellent. Yeah, 100% already in the bag. Already in the bag. Uh, I think also, give me a Megan the Stallion. Excellent choice. Thank you. Um, I would also love a Carly Rae Jepsen. That would be good. That would be good. Um, and last but not least, um... Steve Irwin's son. That would a kind of rule, actually. Maybe he's like their animal expert that helps them defeat the polar bears. Give me Robert Clarence Irwin in a Fast and Furious movie. That little boy is the sweetest. Put him in. I need the world to know. Maybe he'll teach me an animal fact. What about you? Who are your dream cameos? You know, this is maybe be a controversial opinion. Mm-hmm. I think we need Barack Obama. <laughs> I don't agree with all the man's politics, but I think he would be an important cameo. Okay, can I can I one up? You know who would actually be better than Barry? Michelle. Act- that's actually the correct answer. <laughs> I think we put a Michelle in there. Um, either that or missed opportunity to have Sasha be one of Cardi B's assassins. Yes, one hundred percent. That would be sick, actually. <laughs> Um, oh god oh maybe fast uh, and furious 11 is just about hunter biden's laptop we can't nope nope <laughs> nope end of podcast Layla. Where, where can we be found on the internet uh just to be clear listeners <laughs> we're that was a joke um you can find me at leylses on I guess co-host. I, 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 I'm going to be really non-committal about my social media plugs until I find out what's going on with Twitter. Technically, I'm still on Twitter. I'm always on Tumblr. I've been on Tumblr since, as we discussed, 2008. Um, I'm currently just playing Divinity 2 Original Sin. Uh, so I'm not t- posting much. I'm just kind of playing my video game for the first time in a long time. Aaron, where can you be found? I'm at Twitter and co-host at AaronSXL. 
um, on Instagram and Mastodon at AA Voigt mm-hmm. uh, and Tumblr, which is actually the most important one at Monster Factory Fanfic. And I have a YouTube channel that's also at AA Voigt. Um, which I'll probably have one more video out about the Dicebreaker Rising Stars if you're interested in tabletop news coverage. But, um, you know, uh, other than that, I am mostly just trying to get through the end of the year um, so me and Layla can prepare. I mean, I guess our next episode is going to be our last episode of the year. Our next episode is our last episode of the year. We are going to watch the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. We're very excited. Oh, should we do a bracket again? I mean, it's tradish. Yeah, we can do a quick bracket. Maybe I'll make it a shorter one, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll rig up a bracket. A shorter bracket. Um, uh, so, yes, next episode's our last episode of the year. Then we're taking two weeks off as per huge to, um, you know, just rest and do stuff. And then for New Year's, mm-hmm. we're going to hang out in the meat space together. I'm going to go IRL. see Aaron. Um, and we're going to go see Pandora. <laughs> We're going to go see Avatar 2 Way of the Water in oh, theaters together. Christ. Um, I'm, apologies ahead of time to Aaron's wife because we are going to be insufferable. <laughs> yeah, she already knows. Uh, I'm God. so excited. Um, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, so. That's our show. Um, Layla. Uh, our theme song is obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmakers Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of our music at their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, how do we want to close out this episode? Uh, hey, buddy, why do you look like a minion? We'll see you all next week. <laughs> Bye. Oh, good lord.